Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. Still no intro music, but we're getting there. <laughs> we are. There's two. We have two people right now. Two. Submitting us music. Stuff we want. Yeah. And so we're going to listen this right. week at some point. Right. Figure out what works, and then we're going to have some some intro music. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Okay. Um, Taylor made for our podcast. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what do you got road gig wise? Uh, I'm going to drive from Los Feliz to, <laughs> the mid- to West Hollywood, the comedy store. <laughs> right. Okay. Like I have every weekend for mm-hmm. the last 12 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will be doing that too this week. Dope. And what do I have at the end of April? Um, if my fucking phone, okay. Um, Arlington, Virginia, April 23rd, 4th and 5th. I almost yelled that's in Texas. <laughs> they have one of those. Ar- okay. Arlington okay. Dra- draft house. That's the, okay. Yeah. But they have an Arlington <laughs> draft house in Arlington, Virginia. <laughs> and I'm going to be playing there, uh, April 23rd, 4th and 5th. And then shooting forward in time, um, in July, July, I'm sorry, Lexington, Kentucky. I'm coming to your city. Who are you going to Kentucky with? Me and Bob Lee. That sounds like it'd be a weird one. Have you ever played I in Kentucky? No, but I think I've heard this is a cool city. Really? And there's already a dude showing up with fucking cool coffee from an awesome coffee oh, cool. shop to this gig to give it to me. Kentucky's a place I've never been. I'm really excited to go. Yeah, it seems like it's yeah. probably really interesting. I've heard good things. Yeah, okay. I just imagine it being like like a nice, cool part of the Like south. beautiful. Yeah, just lush green. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just for some reason think Kentucky would be really cool. You find a woman and just live there. Oh, yeah, dude. It's just, look, we met, and now we just set out on the porch yeah. and live. Just like, the, no, no, not live there. Like, meet her, import her to Los Angeles. No, I stay. You stay there. I stay there. Okay. <laughs> I call it a life. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah I stay a, there. A nice, hot, southern girl, a little curvy. <laughs> that southern curvy, though, where yeah, it's like... yeah. Or it's fucking hot. Like a sundress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like a nice um, lady. Yeah. And then she loves barbecue. We can eat barbecue together. I make a, a respectable living doing horse portraiture. Right. <laughs> and everyone's fine. Yeah. And, then yeah. We, and everyone, it works out for everybody. So maybe I'll meet that girl in Lexington, Kentucky at Comedy Off See if Broadway. she has a friend. Yeah. May, hopefully she has a friend. Uh, and then San Antonio, Texas, July 31st, August 1st and 2nd um, at the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club. All this information is on NickYousef.com. You can click the links for tickets and maps and blah, blah, blah. Um, so do that. Check that out. Come to those shows. And uh, any questions, comments, concerns, information, stuff, uh, contact at NickYousef.com. You can uh, reach me there. And please do. I may have one or two emails I haven't answered yet. I will. Uh, I answer them all. Just it won't be necessarily right away. So thank you for your patience. And this happened to me today. This happened? What? This happened to me today. Okay. I was. I went to the gym. And Good. I was like, all right. What body parts did you attack? Today was chest and triceps. Classic. Classic Monday well, yeah, muscle group. That's where you start with. you start with that. Classic Monday muscle group. Yeah. Um, 
And those the grouping that goes together. But for yep. some reason, that's always like I do that on the first, the beginning of the week. Me I don't too. know why that Me is. Me too. Me too. Everyone's just kind of always said start with that. Me and too. You just do it. Which I find when you go to the gym, it sucks because everyone's doing that. So all those machines and things are taken. The bench press is yeah, occupied. Yeah, it's almost smarter to do that on Flip a it. fucking Thursday. I did one week. I flipped because I missed. I you know I kind of skipped for a month. So I did legs on a Monday. Fucking squats for days. No one even near the squat rack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I'll switch the other days up, the gr- muscle groupings, because as long as I do that one on Monday and then the, the back and buys and shoulders and whatever, I can fuck with those. I, I'm doing yeah. that Wednesday, not Tuesday. Fuck you, rules. <laughs> um, right. So I went to the gym, got home. I started tinkering with this turntable. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I got to take a shower because I haven't showered after the gym yet. And then I got to head over. To Kevin's at this podcast, turn on the shower, and then grab some clothes, and then I go into the bathroom, and I was like, "That's weird. The water's not hot. The water Uh-oh. continued not to be hot. Uh-oh. The water continued still not to be hot." I'm like, right. first of all, it's not like it's morning. It's not like everyone's in, in the buildings taking right. a shower. What's going on? No hot water, and it wasn't even start. Sometimes it takes a little while. Yeah. I live in not the greatest apartment building. Like it's it's not like brand new or anything. It's like built in the seventies. There's not that many units, but like here and there, sometimes you turn on the water, and it takes sometimes six or seven minutes to get warm. Well, which is kind of shitty, but but whatever. You turn it on, you go do something for six minutes, whatever. So ten plus minutes, and I'm like, I'm about to be late. I can't. I'm not gonna not take a fucking shower. So I'm waiting, and then it, it like I sat there, and I'm like. Nick, you got to take an ice cold shower. <laughs> it's either don't take a shower, um, don't take a shower at all, or take an, I mean, not even like, oh, it's sort of starting to get warm shower. Yeah, a legit cold shower. Ice cold. Yeah, that stays with you for a while. But here's, here's what happened, though. I got in there, and like I turned the water away from me, because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to touch, I, I yeah, want yeah. control over when it hits me. You totally, know? totally. So I turned it away, and I was like, all right, we're doing this. And, I, <laughs> and I, I, I'm like, when have I done this before? I've, when have I had to do this before? It's been a long time. Yeah. But then I'm like, I've jumped into oceans. I've jumped into pools that are ice cold. This is not like a new, why am I afraid of this? Yeah. I should not be in fear. Um, and then I grabbed the fucking... Uh, not faucet whatever you call it the shower head yeah and then i just like i didn't even know how to do it i was just like i'm just gonna like attack myself <laughs> with it or whatever so i just started like assaulting myself with water and it was so fucking cold my heart started like you could feel it yeah. beating yeah. super fast and um and it's not the same as jumping in the ocean no. or a pool because uh-huh. when you do that your body at these the whole thing at the same time hits the water at once yeah. and it's usually 90 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like striking myself with like sheets of water like here and there. It took probably like three or four minutes to finally fully <laughs> cover myself in the coldest <laughs> water I've ever fucking felt. But <sighs> as I was doing it, it first I was like, fuck this. This is the worst. And then it felt like exhilarating Okay. And then I, because I had my like eyes closed and my heart is racing. And then I opened my eyes and I'm like, colors seem brighter. Like everything, <laughs> I felt like more awake and right. more energized. Okay. I felt like that I, makes sense. I was going to kill someone at, a, at one point because I was angry for a yeah. second at the situation. And then I felt happy and like ready to t- take on the day or whatever. 
I think I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> even if I have, even if the hot water problem is not a problem, it was just today or whatever. I don't even know what it is. I might do it tomorrow. I mean, I think that's a bad idea, but Why? I feel like making your heart rate just rip, <laughs> just rip into fucking full speed like that is not the best. But yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like the worst thing. I gotta maybe research this. Maybe thing. just make it not hot from now on. Not like hot, hot. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'll just end up. It'll be like kind of lukewarm. Yeah. Like, oh, a little hotter. Interestingly little hotter. enough, I got a call from the gas company today. <laughs> what those assholes say? Uh, hey Kevin, you have to pay for gas. <laughs> oh, I get those. Sometimes. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Got it. Got well, it. Ga- gas bills are so low. They're so cheap. You You're can like, go like mm-hmm. six months. And for real, they don't actually start bugging you for a really long time. Yeah, from experience, uh, a year and a half. I did. <laughs> I once <laughs> caught the guy about to turn it off. Really? Yeah, he were like rolled up, and I looked at him. I was like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" He's like, "Uh, hey, so just I'm here to turn your gas off." I yeah. was like, "Oh, right. Look, can I just pay right now?" He goes, "Yeah, no problem." Yeah, they don't really care. No, because the gas bill per month is like eleven cents or something. It's like so low. Mine's really low. Yeah, so you can go months and months, and then you look at the bill, you're like, "Oh, it's only thirty dollars." Yeah, my water bill and gas bill is really low. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it feels good not to pay him for a while because you're like, oh, fuck you. I'll pay when I'm ready. I only pay Time Warner when they call me. Oh, me too. Because fuck them. Yeah. Fuck, a, fuck them in their face. They're the worst. They called me today. <laughs> <laughs> they did. And I wait till they call. I, I, I let them call me for a while. For a while, you know what I did? I would wait until they shut off my internet. And then I would call. Oh, yeah. I do the same thing. You call, pay it, and it's yeah. on within two minutes. But now, if they shut it off, they charge you four ninety nine for reconnection. Oh, is that true? So I'm like, dude, you guys are fucking with my system. Yeah. I had a system where I didn't pay you until you <laughs> turned my internet off. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, now I have to do it. People are real pissed at Time Warner because, or, or the Dodger game, like today's opening day of baseball. Yeah. While, while, while we're taping this. And... uh for some reason, like 70% of the people can't, unless you have Time Warner, you can't get the Dodger game, which is shitty. Yeah. But you know what else is shitty? Watching baseball on television. Do so you not like cares? baseball at all? No, no, that's not true. I will. I like going to baseball games. Right. Like actually attending them. This I was thinking about it. They take so long. Mm-hmm. It's very peaceful. <laughs> it's a yeah. very zen situation. I went to a Giants game with ari uh-huh and we had a fucking great time yeah we were like there for outside lands and then we went to a game before the, one of the days because it's the three-day festival right so oh we just knock out a quick giants game before we go and it was like the great we went like it was like like noon or one or something like that hung out ate some good food they have good food at that stadium yeah and the weather was great you're watching baseball you look over to your right there's the fucking bay it's like yeah, beautiful man. And you just hang out and talk and watch a game, and it was it was awesome. I mean, interesting that you bring up that worthless piece of shit, Ari. <laughs> yeah, because the, today's episode, our, our subject is outrage culture. Yeah, our our dear friend Ari, who we both genuinely love. Yeah, Jew. <laughs> if you're offended at that, fuck you. Ha- got himself got himself in some trouble. Yeah, stirred up some outrage. Little bit, and uh, to be twice really, if you think about it, in, in a month, 
the Stern thing first. Yeah, that was like it wasn't outrage, was, but it's the same. It's it's the kind of uh, that was a fair fight, if anything. Yeah, yeah, but uh, he got himself in a little trouble with uh, the release. Mm. Uh, you could say the re-release of his one of his specials. Yeah, passive aggressive. Passive aggressive, uh, uh, which I did the cover for, and then they did not use it. Yeah, what's with that? I did, I don't know. They just didn't. The company decided they didn't want to use it or something. They just made a different one, or yeah, they just made a different one. They made it on their own. Yeah, yeah. When like I saw that. that, I'm like, what was this? The back of it, or was this yeah, like no. the inside, or was this some fucking asshole? Yeah. No. So uh, um, we're not here to. We're not going to obviously talk about Ari because he's a dear friend of ours, and we wouldn't do that. We'll yeah. Like have a whole discussion without either a informing him or having <laughs> him be a part of it. Yeah. But like, there has been so much outrage yeah it's in, a cottage industry there's been so much outrage in our culture that there's now a term called outrage culture it is at this point its own subculture yeah i would say it is it satis- it, it occupies its own part of the media at this point there's there's normal media what i would consider normal media which is issues one side the other side and then mm-hmm. there is outrage media and it at this it's become it's reached a fever pitch <laughs> yeah to where it is like constant and it's like it's a snake eating its own tail yeah and i don't know how there is every other day now either yeah. something that is deemed offensive mm-hmm. or something that is like written about and the question is posed is this offensive right. is it's like well fucking now you're like baiting us into like, hey, you might want to be offended at this if you haven't right. been already. It reminded me of, I mean, where do you get the sense that it started? Because I was trying to think about this now. Ethnic okay. minorities, they're the problem. We have to stop <laughs> all of them. It's finally speaking yeah. my language. <laughs> uh, stop the minorities. I'm Look, just going to keep saying offensive things throughout this entire Look, episode. We let you guys have some rights and you didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> Okay. Um, um, but uh, where? Because I was trying to think of where I couldn't get a clear sense in my head of like, okay, that's when it started, or that was the first instance I remembered where it was like, out, you know, uh, uh, people seem to be I mean, going I out of their way to be offended. I don't know that it was probably one specific instance. I think it was a lot of little things because now everyone has a voice. Yeah. Right. So you can certainly go to the internet and media. The the way media is dispersed now is probably one of the main culprits yeah and it's not to say it's a bad thing obviously that people have and see like i'm even i'm even doing it now because like, <laughs> yeah. this is a part of it now where you ca- go it's parsing and not that there's anything it's wrong parsing. with that it's parsing not, your words yeah no not that this is bad it's Look, like why i don't want to say i'm not saying yeah. these people are it's it's people being yeah i have a lot of friends who are on yeah. social media so unwilling yeah. it's people being unwilling to take a, a one-sided stance. You have to ride the fence now. Well, forget even taking the stance. I'm saying just having a fucking conversation right. about something without yeah. having to, like, you know, preface it with, like, you know, I'm not trying to take a stance. People, like, start a conversation or, like, mm-hmm. a healthy debate with, I'm not saying one thing or another. It's like, yeah, yeah you all, you, <laughs> yeah. You, you're eventually yeah. going to get there. Yeah. So it's like just have the discussion and probably give someone the benefit of the doubt that they're not like a racist or a homophobe or a sexist and if you say something ignorant during the conversation it's like maybe you didn't know and hopefully by the end of the conversation you'll see the light or something like that it's what bill howe used to say only listen to everything after the butt 
No, right, I'm not right. trying to. Da, 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 but but <laughs> don't trust Arabs. Right, you right, know, right. It's right, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would say it started with like, with just people being able to kind of just say what they feel and what they think all the time without any filter or without you know anyone telling them what not to do right you could start your own twitter account your own right. facebook account and you your opinions can be on the internet immediately there's yeah. no editor there's no nothing right and then things have been potentially offensive for a long time right someone right. says something racist but i feel like people used to just kind of hear it and go well that was dumb or they'd be offended but there was no like twitter account that they could tell 500 people or 10,000 people about it and then you would just kind of deal with it in whatever way, it could really, really hurt your feelings. If someone said something racist or homophobic, I've had racist things said at me. I personally don't, my feelings don't get hurt. I've been called every name in the book. I've been asked questions by people where I'm like, wow, that's really culturally ignorant of you right. to say that or think that. And it's more now just like, oh, whatever. See, and it doesn't bother me. But uh, I mean, so to to make to simplify the answer, I think it started that way, where people something offensive or stupid would be said or done by a company, Chick Fil A, Paula Dean, Daniel Tosh, all these different people, and then eventually the numbers of people started, you know, writing blogs or posting more. You see a trending topic where it's like, oh, this is getting some traction, and I think a twenty four hour news cycle at some point was like. There's emotions behind this because yeah. the best news is emotional news. Right. Whether it's a kidnapping or a rape or a murder or a war, that stuff gets traction. So I think the news kind of took these little issues and then just kind of ratcheted up the emotion like, hey, racism, is that happening in comedy now? Yeah. Is Chick-fil-A anti-gay? And a lot of these answers have yeses and nos, but... The way they're presented to us, it's like they, they add, I feel, a lot more sensationalism to well, some of the stuff. As you know, I am a, a very white dude. Yeah. So my I'm almost not allowed to make the um to kind of come to the conclusion you just had, which is it's well, being overblown. Why not? Because since I have quite literally zero experience with going through what you've gone through. Oh, right. Being seemingly oppressed, having to deal with racism. I mean, like, you, like I could be like, well, when I lived in North Hollywood, I didn't have any white friends, and, like, the Mexican guys called me Wedo, but it's like that was who yeah, would give... Yeah, it's yeah. like honky. It's like it didn't stick, and we fucking... Who cares? Yeah. But... Plus, so, you could drive five minutes in any direction and be back in power. Yeah. <laughs> was in power while it was happening. Right, right, right. But, so it's... I kind of... <laughs> I have to be very careful... What, in labeling something like overblowing it uh-huh. because I don't actually have any sense of how it feels. Like, right. literally, I don't. Really. Well, here's the beauty of the outrage culture, though, is that everything I just said, and I use examples like Paula Deen or Chick-fil-A, right. people that are within those minority groups, gays, African-Americans, whatever, they could go to me, but hey, man, you're not allowed to talk about that because you don't know what it's like to be a homosexual yeah. or a black person. So... The, people can come at it from all angles. From an outside white dude, I'm not allowed to be pissed perspective. My problem uh-huh. is I, f- I don't like it when I notice people seem to only be offended when their group is a f- is, has something happen to them. Now, I understand it is a s- essentially 
they're going to care about their group more than people people who aren't in their group are going to care. But my thing is like, if you care about injustice, oh. I want to, you got to care about injustice t- towards everybody. Right. It's like if you are mad at you, you can't be mad at one genocide. You got to be mad at all the genocides. Yeah. At the idea of genocide. <laughs> yeah. The idea yeah. of genocide. Hey, humans, stop doing this to humans. Not yeah. hey, these people. Why are you doing it to these specific? You people? can't tell me I'm being too, in, insensitive about, say, the Holocaust, and and but then I, how much do you care about the Armenian genocide? Because there fucking was one. Right. Right. There was one. The Turks yeah. killed millions of them. Yeah. And no one really gives a shit. Yeah. So I just want I want it to be like all right I I because I as, as since I'm not oppressed I never have been I uh-huh. never will be yeah I am uh, not obligated but I try to spread it like evenly <laughs> you know what I mean uh-huh. and and I just get I don't know I wouldn't even say annoyed but I just be like well okay I get like I'm listening to your perspective and what bothers you about that mm-hmm. and I'm trying to be educated. But like, do you give a shit about these people over here, or right. is it just? Are you just taking this opportunity to be selectively outraged because someone you specifically identify with was hurt, or do you actually care about this as a a behavior, uh-huh. or is it just it bothers you as a behavior towards your group? And afterwards, you're like, oh, it's their problem to police it. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, that is. I mean, I yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. Where it's like, why you know, why are these people only pissed about things that happen to them? But like. If you come from that group, yeah. you have dealt with that specific, you know, hatred or discrimination Absolutely. so much that when it when it happens, because like you said, you can't speak for other groups, so you're not going to be. I mean, you do feel the injustice when it happens to someone else. Like right. even you as a white person goes, "Well, that genocide sucked. That sucks." Or racism yeah. sucks, and those other groups, I'm sure, feel it too. They go like, "Man, like a." black person would see something bad some racist thing happen to like you know a jewish person or an asian person and they'd probably go that's shitty man because i know what that's what it's like to be but when it happens to their own group they feel it way more because it's way closer to home yeah so i think that's why they're louder about it because for those two reasons a it happens to them more and b they're spokespeople for it because they are of that minority do you almost think and i don't know if i think this or not could it be almost more effective when someone from outside a particular group points out an injustice? Because for, for me, I'd be like, well, that person doesn't have even have a personal investment right. in that particular group. That's how noticeable this fucking injustice is. Yeah. I mean, that's like the kind of the idea sort of behind like organizations like the NAACP, yeah. which are supposed to like represent, you know, colored just people of color yeah you know what i mean so but i don't know i mean it probably would yeah if like if something like that happened and other you know groups that represent minorities you know spoke up for them yeah because i mean like the term even just the term minority is so many it encompasses so many depending on where you are women it's becoming minority it's becoming a term that is almost less it's becoming i don't know if it's the correct term anymore they're just groups now and things demographically yeah, I, dude, are I bet changing. in the next few years, minority will become like one of those words where it's like, well, man, we're not... You're, yeah, we're not women aren't a numeric minority in America. They're actually a majority. There's more women than men. Right. So to call... Them, they're, they're, an oppre- they're oppressed still. So it's a level of power. It's more of an equality thing with women. Yeah. Than, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's just... Yeah, I guess it depends on where you are, where you're working or whatever. Like the, the minority group or the oppressed group or the... 
you know, ethnic group. Because, like, in L.A., I think it's, like, white people are technically the minority now. Not yet. They will be. I've heard a couple of years ago that happened. It was like fifty-one or two percent. I thought it was. I thought it was like in. I thought it was going to happen in like t- in like seven years or ten years. Or no, is I, that just America? I think I mean, America. America in like twenty thirty. Los Angeles. I think white people are the minority. Now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's like you don't. No one thinks that because of the status of. Hear that moving truck <laughs> coming towards my home. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so, no but seriously look around kentucky like right. look really yeah, look. yeah yeah find some find a farm really yeah. look let's make it happen um yeah. i think you know, i'm also toying with the theory that people are more likely maybe to get and i don't know this yet because i don't speak for everybody but from i think people might be more likely to be overly sensitive and be quicker like get too offended way quicker um, with this generation of of kids that were raised to think like no one can, no one fails and no one loses, yes, and life really isn't hard and everyone gets a trophy, yeah, that's a very old school way to think where it's like, oh, you know, fucking, you know, you eat shit, you get up, you try harder, but there is really an element to that lifestyle, yeah, that makes you a stronger person when you grow up with a thicker skin, where if someone says you know, a racist word at you or something ignorant or stupid or makes you feel bad or take something from you. You don't go, nah, I'm going to write a blog now. Yeah. You just fucking deal with it. You let it hit you. You go, fuck, that sucked, but I'm going to turn that into more drive. Yeah. I mean, there is, it's, the by virtue, there's, I think, a few things going on. By virtue of uh, speech being freer. Right. It's much in and easier to 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 disseminate. Mm-hmm. It it makes it so people everyone thinks they have a voice now. Yeah, and at the same time, in theory, you want to live in a society where everyone has a voice now. Right. The problem is it cheapens the value of voice because it's just it's it's just too it's too numerous, and it's like there used to be four important news channels. Now there's way more. But if you notice, the ratings for all those shows have gone down. Like the so-called important, like like an MSNBC show gets ratings in the low hundred thousands. Right. You know, CNN's low hundred thousands. Fox News beats them all, but still low millions. So you think the fact that more people have a voice cheapens? It has cheapened it. Outrage is way cheaper now. It's like it's because look at how easily we ignore it. We ignore outrage much easier now. It can, it comes and goes. I mean, our, when it first happened, R and I were texting. I go, "This will go away in eight days." Yeah. It just goes away really quick. Steve, yeah, are, and usually are, because of the next one. Yeah, well, not only that is it 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 starts to feed on itself so quickly that now all of a sudden, in and by virtue of the fact that we can get information so much easier, you're inundated by it much quicker. And right. just by humans as a species, you just get sick of something that happens too often. That's just how brains work. Yeah. So yeah. you instead of like. Not turning on. You used to have to turn on the TV to get information. Now you're already in your phone. You're going, especially you or I. We're going on Twitter to make a joke, and then we see fifty or sixty people yeah. we know or follow or things we follow talking about the same thing. Like I last night, it took all my strength not to shit on Mad Men just because too many people were live tweeting it. I don't even watch the show. Yeah. I like the show that I've seen. I was on it once, but I was still yeah. just like, God, shut up. 
Yeah. Like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I, I started seeing that, too. And what I did was I just, uh, I didn't watch the episode yet. So I was just like, well, I got to not be on Twitter for four hours until yeah. I get around yeah. to seeing it. So just by virtue of that, when Trevor Noah's thing was happening, he got uh-huh. in trouble for some jokes. It just, after an hour or two, I got sick of people saying he was awful. Uh-huh. I got just as sick of people as comedians defending him. Right. Because first of all, I was like, everyone, he, A, he's going to be fine and we right. all know that because and you know someone argued with me if you think it wasn't some shitty intern's job to read all his tweets at viacom i'm sorry it happened like they're like there's nine thousand of them like yeah you don't think some fucking boss was like read his tweets yeah it, that's someone's job to do that kind of shit you vet someone You're, they're about to pay him a shit ton of money and make him yeah. extremely important i had a for some some TV thing I did once, I had a background thing done on me. Really? Yeah, and they searched the internet huh. to find out if I, you know, yeah, said or did anything offensive or whatever. Peep, they that stuff is done. Yeah, it literally is done because people sometimes people have shitty, stupid backgrounds. They've done dumb stuff. Or and there's said, a lot of money at stake. Yeah, and yeah. they don't want to have to deal with that on the back end. They go yeah. like. Find out now, because if we can find out this person, you know, like, if they can Google your name and, like, you got a bunch of mug shots that appear on the internet, they're going to be like, oh, maybe we should find a new person to, you know, host this or run that or, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, the fact that someone gets something, a comedian gets a job or uh, succeeds whatever, um, Someone goes into the archives to find out yeah. something to stir up controversy. That to me is like we are right beyond the yeah. tipping point of outrage culture. It's no longer just like something just happened to transpire in the world where it's like, yeah. whoa, this is offensive. Now people are is, is the phrase cart before the horse? Is that how yeah. properly is that work properly for that? Um they're trying to find it right away. Yeah. The guy gets the Daily Show job, and you know some fucking dickhead on the internet was like, time to find out something offensive he said. Because deep down, whoever found that shit knows that comics make jokes like that. That they yeah. don't really mean, but they use the word fat yeah. to make fun of someone yeah. or Jew to make fun of someone. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's the most offensive thing in the world, yeah. and the guy can't host the Daily Show anymore. Yeah, which- when in reality, it was a shitty fucking not even shitty it was just like an okay joke yeah or just like a ha funny joke and not yeah. like wow that was so hilarious and well written yeah and that's where i mean that's that's where joke that's what jokes do is they make fun of things now the one thing i will say about that whole thing is this i have become a little tired as a comedian yeah of other comedians saying like this is what we do. You have to leave us alone. This is being a comedian. It's like... Right. Because the thing I have trouble with is this. And I used to have trouble with this with John Stewart specifically. Mm-hmm. Is I would notice him on The Daily Show uh, at some points wanting to be... Like, he'd have someone on and he'd be like a serious news person who was extremely self-righteous, I felt. Yeah. And then... But he would always use the excuse when he was maybe getting his ass kicked a little. Oh, we're just a comedy show. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. You don't get to have Kramer on from the financial show and shit all over him that he didn't see the financial crisis coming. Right. And then when someone's like, when if he comes back at you hard, you can't be like, well, we're the show that comes on after the talking piece of poop. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. You, it, wh- if you want to be part of serious discourse, 
you get to you have to play by those same rules. You, and I get a little, I get a little tired of being like, well, look, this is what we are as comics. It's like okay, but with the Daily Show thing, that's like the beauty of comedy is like you never have to be one or the other. If it's political, you that can seemed, always jump yeah. back and forth. Yeah. But I mean I mean I guess it I don't watch a lot of the Daily Show so like I've never seen these specific instances but yeah it dip, if you're backed into a corner and you use that like but we're just a comedy show and yeah. then you're on the attack sometimes but I mean it would be better to just make a joke during the attack yeah. you know I just like I mean, there were a couple times he he went he went after Tucker Carlson real hard mm-hmm. and he went after the guy from Mad Money real hard mm-hmm. he had these people on the show to more or less ambush them yeah. To be like, no, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. You shouldn't have done what you did. And then when if he's like, you don't know anything, he's like, well, I'm not supposed to anything. I'm just the joke guy. Yeah. Well, then why do you get to tell me I was wrong at the same time? Yeah. It's like you can't. To me, it feels like putting yourself on a different level and then being like, yeah, but I get to go back to this one whenever I get challenged. Mm-hmm. It seems to me unfair. Yeah, a little bit. But then it's like, and because right now comedians are being treated like these special like it's like poets in the 60s or some shit comedies there's a boom right now we're in a boom and it's a different kind of boom i actually read a thing uh mark maron was interviewed about the boom now versus the boom in the 80s because he was around for both (coughs) yeah and they're different now now it's these little cottage industries there's little little subgroups and it but comedians are getting treated our psyches being examined all the time there's now a full-blown column in the new york times just about stand-up and comedy in general and we're being kind of talked about like we're these like dark, interesting fucking art. It's way more. It's being treated way more like art right, right now. And so we're kind of getting we're we're enjoying being these like serious artists all of a sudden. But then as soon as like we get held accountable to maybe a more serious level of responsibility, uh-huh. we're like, hey, we're comedians, and sometimes we say the n word and it's cool. And it's like, nah. You don't get to kind of enjoy the spoils of victory and not be held to a new standard. Yeah, it was easier back when it was a two-pronged thing. It was back when uh, before there was a social media that could, you know, rip apart anything. Yeah. Deeply analyze it before there was a forum to do all that stuff. And when no one cared about comedy, yeah. you could just say things yeah. and no, if no one heard it, whatever. Yeah. And if people did, they couldn't be like, I'm going to go tell my yeah. 40,000 Tumblr followers about this. Yeah. So you could just do stuff. And I'm sure there was tons of offensive things that were said. Oh, my God. And and I've seen a lot of it. I've seen a lot of very potentially offensive jokes be made. But like by comedians who ended up getting so much better and moving past all that stuff. Yeah. And then it's like, what did it end up doing? And you could argue like, well, if you hurt one person's feelings and, you know, that's that's enough. Or if someone gets really butthurt about... You know, you saying the N word or making a rape joke or any of this stuff. It's like, yeah, okay. Th- those feelings did get hurt. But yeah. you know what? I, personally, for me, if you're going to a comedy show, there's going to be jokes made. And some of them are going to be, they're going to include topics like that. And yeah. if you are so hurt by a joke that's made, it's like, I mean, you're in a, if you're an adult, you just, you, you deal with it. Well, also, I mean, to me, that it's the same. You have to the same mechanism by which you can build yourself up as a comic now is the exact same mechanism that could, in theory, take you down when you fuck up. Yeah. So you get the benefit of both, and I, I just see it seems like comedians love the like mechanism of like you can build your own little world now and be successful, but the minute it turns on you, you're like, hey, but wait. But also as an audience person, 
if you don't like offensive jokes, you can literally stay away from those type of comedians. Yeah. You go to alternative shows, you're not going to hear that shit. I mean, but yeah, to to, to argue the other side for them because they're not here. Yeah. But like some people don't know that. No, they don't but know what I mean, an alternative. We have a specific experience because we come from the comedy store. Yeah. Which for years was like, that's the place where the dickheads do comedy. Yeah. It literally was like the most offensive club, arguably. It was yeah. considered the dirtiest club. With what offensive comedy and stuff is yeah. considered now. If if any of those people that have written blogs about this shit and gotten super fucking heated, if they ever went to the comedy store in 2005, 6, 7, 8, yeah. it w- they would have been just like, but probably back then they would have just been like, well, I didn't like that and left because there was no outrage culture then. There was yeah. no like, oh, I can it, fucking spit out my feelings onto a page and everyone's yeah. going to validate me immediately. Yeah, it's... It's like a, it is a like, it sounds so dumb to call it a double-edged sword, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, it's good that you can go on Yelp and be like, no, do not go to that place. Yeah. But it's also like, shut up with your fucking Yelp review. Yeah. I like, mean, I'm going to Yelp like you pussy. Most reasonable adults, I feel like, will go to comedy shows and if they find a joke that's like not for them, it's like, or offensive or something they'll just be like oh, that was that was not funny i didn't like it they fucking get up and leave the room for that comic or just be like all right this isn't for me i was saying this instead other. of like scream and yell about it and trying try like the whole trying to ruin someone's career because yeah. they made a bad joke yeah is crazy i think that's what people don't understand necessarily is you are essentially hoping that you don't even know if you don't know you're doing it you are trying to make their career worse. Like you're saying you don't deserve to have a career. Yeah. Because I didn't like what you said. Joke. And that's what I mean. A lot of people called me. A lot of people I know were like girls. It's mostly all girls were like, your friend's Ari's an asshole. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I got a couple of those. Too. Yeah. And what I said was like, go through your list of friends and please give me the name of the one that's only done things you've liked a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. It's like these, but I mean, is that part of the responsibility of being an entertainer and being in the public eye or wanting to be? Well, I mean, if you start like putting responsibilities on artists, then it's like, what are you doing to art? But there is. And, and that's the thing that gets said a lot. Artists, but it's like there always has been responsibilities put on artists. It's just they're not as overt. But there are. There just are, right. which is it's almost like the fact that artists get to be these free spirits is a bit of a misnomer. I don't actually see that really happening. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a, if you're an actual artist and say you're a gallery artist, your gallerist sort of tells you what to do a lot of the time because they know what sells. You gotta do things in a certain time frame. There's like there are standards. I mean, I can Well, that's I, you putting those standards on yourself because you're if you're heading towards I'm going to be a gallery artist, you see those responsibilities and the the things that now you probably should avoid and should but and then just, you decide upon yourself to do that. But what I'm saying, if society is saying that there's got to be these rules on what kind of art you can paint and what kind of jokes you can make and what kind of songs you can sing about. Yeah. And if, you know, if you're going to argue the slippery slope thing where it's like, well, now it's illegal to use, you know, yeah. these words in pu- in a public forum where some people didn't know that a rape joke can be made at a comedy club or the N-word could be said. And that could hurt someone's feelings and lead them into a depression because of problems they had when they were a child. They can commit suicide. And yeah. like, you know, the next it's thing not, you know. To me, it's not society that makes those rules. It's, it's basically business. 
no one's none of us are trying to make art in the pure sense involving no commerce on any level. Right. I mean, the market does dictate what, to a degree, what what. I mean, you can't do the same comedy you do at the at the uh, comedy store at the Comedy and Magic Club. Yeah. Or on, yeah. Or on Comedy Central or on network TV or uh, yeah. I mean, you can you know. Fine, but on YouTube you can literally post whatever you want, and yeah. if it's that bad, someone will flag it, and you know. Yeah. So there are places and forums to yeah. do that, but and everyone does limit themselves in some way. You're right. You're totally right because every I mean, time you sit down, you write a joke and you go like, "Well, what kind of comedy am I doing?" That's yeah. boom. You already have limits. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm not this kind of comic, so I'm not going to write that kind of joke. Yeah. And then you just kind of find your own borders, but. When people start saying, like, this is not okay to do, it's like, you know what, let... And the people are deciding when the, you know, with, this, with this whole outrage cottage industry thing. They go, like, someone makes an offensive joke. But where they're going too far is saying, like, this should not be done. Or, like, people take it upon themselves to ruin someone's career for one joke. Because a lot of people, they feel offended and outraged. It A, doesn't make them right, and it B, doesn't make them experts on what they're offended at. Right. Like, you're not a music expert now. You're not an art expert. You're not a comedy expert. You're just offended at this joke. Yeah. Do you even know how a joke works? Yeah. Do you even know who this person is that made the fucking joke? Right. When they did it in their career, how often they make jokes like that, so on and so forth. But I, I actually think that what you're saying is at this point being taken into account and i would be surprised if whoever you know there have probably been this discussion is happening at comedy central heavily this (laughs) i bought that and so at some point i guarantee people are there's got to be a delineation at this point where they're going well that's just that's just a blog that's blog anger that's Uh that's a that's a thing that's only happening on twitter and then you kind of wait. And then they go, well, let's see how big this gets. I know for a fact that does happen. Like, a friend yeah. of mine got in trouble for a, for a tweet he put out like a year ago. And I said, call your publicist or call a publicist. And he said his whole team was just like, let's wait and see how big it gets. Yeah. And so to a certain extent, it's like, even though someone's going, that's wrong, you shouldn't be able to do that. They're like, well, guess what? Only 80 of you fucking nerds said that. So we don't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that used to work a little more, but now it's it's th- that specific story may die after a couple of days. But right. there is an outrage culture now, so there is like a yeah. new story with the same kind of theme that will take over. Yeah, and then once that becomes kind of the norm, then people start having that thought where they go like, "Oh, is this going to be too offensive because of the way the culture is now?" So it's like you almost have to wait and be like, "When is this outrage culture thing going to just die out?" Well, it also any any movement creates an anti-movement. So now right. you have people now there are people that are so sick of outrage culture. Mm-hmm. Now they want to double down on on if they're say if you're a fan of someone who gets in trouble. Yeah. Instead of being like, "Oh, should I still be a fan of that?" You're like, "No." You're my guy. Right. Like I'm sick of these people. You remind me of that dickhead at work uh-huh. who's the reason we had to go to that stupid seminar, and now I like you even more. Now right. I'm going to you specifically hoping to see this shit. Because, yeah. you know, if you or I go, we've 
A, I've done, I've told jokes in this structure. I've seen jokes in this structure. Every white nerdy comedian go starts a, a joke about anything that's not about a white guy. Go now. First of all, I don't want to make it seem. I don't want to be offensive and seem like I'm saying this or this or this. It's like I don't want to see that at a fucking comedy show anymore. I want to yeah. go there and I want to see a guy go. You know what, chicks? I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. Would you fuck like they're tired of it? They're tired of like the right. preamble to everyone's opinion. It's yeah, creating. Yeah. It's going to create like basically. Offensive, offensive porn, <laughs> where people are like gonna be stoked now to see someone who goes out there and is like, "No, fuck you, you fat bastards! I'm tired of this shit." Yeah, the the, the that comedy style like of like Bobby Slayton and those yeah. kinds of guys like we'll have a little bit yeah. of a resurgence. I feel like that's part of the reason like roasts are doing well because absolutely for some reason that's like this like safe space, safe space where you yeah. can say all the things that comedians otherwise are getting in trouble for the exact yeah. same jokes yeah like rape jokes and ethnic jokes and and homophobic jokes yeah. that you could you could argue or like well that's that joke is making fun of gay people yeah. or black people and you're saying you know no but at a roast totally acceptable like, no no we're gonna make fun of pete davidson's dead dad today and yeah. everyone's like and make Whoa. a 9-11 joke yeah and i mean you're making so many potentially offensive jokes yeah but for some reason when it's at a row it's like no but we build it as a roast <laughs> yeah. where everyone knows going in where yeah. it's like you know what know that when you're going to a comedy show technically when you're telling jokes at a comedy show your every joke is a roast of something more or less yeah or a co- funny complaint or you know no one there's like barely any comedy that's like hey everything's great on saturday and we I laugh said, about it on saturday i said like happy easter or so, uh, no, no, yeah. I didn't say that. I have a, I had a joke where I said like something about the Bible and dry humping, right? And some guy in the crowd just goes, "Happy Easter," and I was just like, "What, man?" Yeah. And he goes, "Well, you mentioned the Bible." I go, "Oh, did that bother you? Because Easter's tomorrow." And he's and he didn't say anything. I go, "Just so you know, I don't give a fucking shit about Easter." Yeah. And then I just was like, "Happy Passover!" Like I like, dude. Just so you know. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I, if you're offended, because, like, I think Easter is stupid. <laughs> I yeah. don't care, man. And, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to care because you care. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. There are a hundred people here in this room, and, and it would be literally selfish. Or not even selfish. It would be a bad business decision for me to focus on you and your one tiny opinion when the yeah. whole if you if if there were if there had been a vote at the end of that joke uh-huh. 90 of them would have voted ha you put dry humping in the bible one guy would right. have voted to sort of lame yeah. to say that before easter no one agreed with you yeah so if you, i was like you know hey today we're gonna we're gonna focus on that guy no mm-hmm. not anymore and i think that's most comics reactions now is like no enough I mean, yeah, and I think in general that's usually a comics reaction. Like, they, you gauge a room, you gauge a scene, you gauge a city, you gauge a state. You know, you make those deci- – that's, again, another example of you, when you limit yourself or yeah. decide how, how free am I going to be as an artist. Like, if you play the South, you might, depending on who you are, you might go, you know what? I'm, I'm only going to do half my religious material or none. If you play La Jolla. Right. It's fuck. It, it's like you – that, yeah, that's one of the back when there was in the in the midst of the Iraq War. That's it's you a went military to La, town. You went to La Jolla. You're like, 
how much anti-Bush material am I going to do? Yeah. That thought would go through your head. It is different. They have a different stance there. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fucking military and guys. And it's not like, it, you're like, well, how, how many laughs do I want versus how much do I want to feel I'm yeah. being emotionally honest? I mean, you're, yeah, you're always, and this is another thing a lot of people that just love getting offended don't take into consideration. It's like a lot of comics are, they're more careful than you think about jokes. When you're first starting out, you're kind of not as careful because you just don't know yet. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you have to figure it out in front of a live audience. Yeah. You know, there's the writing of it you can do, you know, at home and like, but like it's trial and fucking error. Yeah. So how do you know? Some people have a better idea. Like, okay, obviously don't use, you know, just racial slurs and things like right. that. But even then there have been jokes with those words that have worked. Louie and Neil both have jokes with the N-word that are great and have yeah. worked every time. Zach Galifianakis has had a couple. Yep. And that have been, that have been funny. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it's not easy to do. And no, like, and, ta- and, and the joke better be great. Yeah. But a <laughs> lot know? of comics do sit there and think about it. They go, well, yeah. I... Because obviously, you want your joke to be funny. Yeah. No one out there is doing comedy with the ulterior motive of like, yeah, I just really want to offend people. Yeah. So I'm going to pretend to get some laughs for a while, then just start getting real hateful. I've seen a lot of that over the years where you see a guy and you're like, "Oh, I know what you're doing. Mm. You're trying you're you're trying to be edgy. You're trying to make your thing mm-hmm. that you are being edgy." Yeah, and it, you know what happens to a lot of those people? They either get past that phase, yeah, or they stick to their guns and it they never figure out how to do it right. Or be really funny Some about it. Some dude figure out how to do it right. and the, Yeah, that's true. But you know who ends up dictating that is the crowds. They go like, you know yeah. what? This isn't that funny. We get what you're trying to be. Yeah. And it's not working. And then a lot of those people just fucking go away. Yeah. But when someone's like trying to figure it out or they make one or two bad jokes that just don't land and to try and ruin their career, that's cr- that's as bad as the comics that go, hey... It's fucking free speech, and we can do whatever we want, whenever we want, and you're not allowed to complain. I have a problem with both ends of that. Yeah. The people that go, that's offensive, and it shouldn't be allowed, and we're going to make sure this person never works again, is just as bad as the comics that go, don't ever tell me what to say ever. But that, in, in there lies the problem, is because it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's just a squishy goddamn mess. Yeah, and it's, you know, you kind of have to take each story as it comes and go, all right, what did Daniel Tosh do? All right, what did Trevor Noah do? All right, not like, oh, a comic said an offensive thing. Boom. I heard that word in there. So you know what? Not cool. Yeah. It's just boring. It is boring. And it's like we're in the middle of it now, so it's like hard to even know where it's all going to land or where it even is now. It's like are the offended people well, right? I, I mean, you know, again, as like a a white dude. <laughs> If I'll do like, I you know if I do a show, I'll, I'll notice say comic non-white comics get away with get away with a lot more racism. Oh yeah, than white comics. Sure. I mean, I see Latin comic, Latin male comics get away with some racist <laughs> shit up there, and no one's saying a word. Yeah. And you're like, oh okay, I see how. Yeah, there still is this weird because people like don't a lot of people just don't put that much thought into what they're upset about. I did a show at a. It's not a synagogue. Like a Jewish community center. Yeah. A friend of mine asked me to do it. There was like five of us. Mm-hmm. And there was a comic there who was more like a part of the community center 
than they were like an actual comedian. The level of Arab jokes right. was like, wow. Oh, wow. Like, Holy shit. I mean, this shit was not... This shit was literally... If, if there had been an Arab person there, they would have been like, hey, asshole. Like, he, it was it was just this side of calling them dogs. Right. And and it was destroying. <laughs> this guy course. was killing. And and I'm, I was just sitting there. I was like, oh, well, I guess he... I mean, he did know his audience. This was the room to do it. Right. I mean, like, ev- every, like every other punchline was like, unless, of course, you're Persian. And it was right. just like, oh. Well. Yeah, I mean, look, minorities get away with it more because they, like, they're, the, they're a minority. So yeah. for some reason, people have decided, like, well, they can make fun of other minorities because they're a minority. But then yeah. that minority group could go, like... Why is this fucking black dude making fun of Persians so much? Like yeah. he's not Persian. Yeah. Just because he's a minority doesn't mean he can make fun of mine. And then they can be offended. But like, I I don't know. I think everyone's a lot of- being held more accountable. And it's what's interesting from my perspective is you see, you see minority groups that aren't used to it deal with mm-hmm. it, and they're like, hey, well, ah, uh, and you're like, ah, oh, welcome to the oversensitive club. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see, it. they're not used to being held accountable in that way. As you see. You see, like, uh, uh, n- transvestites being held accountable for the fact that a lot of their character voices are just rehashed, like, the, they're just basically imitating black women. Right, right. In a way that's... Is that a thing now? Is that a problem for I've people I've seen now? people mention it, yeah. So funny. Because, like, you know, all, they, first of all, that's not your voice. And all of a sudden, so you've decided to just talk like a sassy southern urban black lady, uh-huh. and that's your thing. And you're just gonna borrow that speech, and and it's not right. It's not just you're not basically just doing kind of blackface right now. You are, you are, you all of us. We see, we nah, I hear it. Maybe, or you could say that there. That's like a a strong fucking you know totally tough, tough person voice, and you're applying it to that character. Some voices work better for some characters. Totally, and it doesn't have to be rich. So there's there there's both sides. Imagine if I did it. But you know what is what's gonna get more attention in the news. The argument that it's racist and it's yeah. all this stuff because yeah. there's way more vitriol behind this, more yeah. emotion. So it's like, of course, that's going to get in the pages of yeah of Huffington fucking Post. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the problem. Well, a I'll say this: Huffington Post is, I would say, the eye of the storm of the problem. Yeah, because it is. A garage sale of journalism. <laughs> right. They just take they 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 produce very little on their own uh-huh. they mostly just take things from other places and you can get on there relatively easily yeah so huffington post we've talked about this before they contradict themselves all the fucking time right and it is to me it's almost what started it because you can have it it to me is like what's wrong with the internet in a nutshell mm-hmm. is you have all the you have disparate voices screaming at the same volume all at the same time to where as a as me a reader I go you know what I'm gonna read none of this fucking shit yeah because all of your full of shit I don't trust any of your standpoints mm-hmm. because I can't there's not enough for me I can't get enough backstory from where you actually came from I don't know any of your qualifications because you're just a random fucking person there seems to be no editing on any level going on here so you yeah. know what I'm gonna do not fucking read any of it yeah. I think ultimately, like the bet, like the best news for people who want to say something offensive is the fact that there's so much white noise now. Right. It disappears. Yeah, I mean, eventually it, we're going to get to a point where everyone's going to go like, "Ugh, they're just some fucking someone's being overly sensitive." Where it's all the dust will settle. 
certain things are going to be considered like okay that is and to me that's the that's the worry because now say say what happened in in ferguson okay Mm -hmm. it was so covered that and and then it became so prevalent mm-hmm. that now it's the thing you all used to get used in the same way we got used to war coverage the Iraq yeah, war yeah that's that's kind of always and that to me is what's sad is that now it makes it almost harder because there's so many people being outraged it makes it harder to get attention for something that is actually outrageous we're like no motherfucker they're shooting us and it's like yeah that's just yeah, that yeah. thing that happens now and it's right. like no 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 we should be in the process of stopping it that the the white noise has made it harder for things to get noticed, whether they're worth getting noticed or not. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the case for a while, you know, just because, like, you get... Like, you see something enough and you just get... You're numb to it. Yeah. Um, but that's just... I, 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 to me, that feels just that that's a product of, like, people being raised a certain way to not really care about that stuff enough, you know? Because there are... you're. It's just easier to be distracted, and you end up getting distracted. Yeah. And so you think, well, war's really far away. They'll figure it out. They have it handled, you know? Or this yeah. thing that happened in this other city didn't really affect me. You feel kind of bad, but then you're like, oh, this my favorite well, TV show is back We on. live in our... Everyone now can live in their own little, small microcosm. Yeah. And that's what I notice a lot of, is especially people that get a little famous. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking about this yesterday. Like, can you imagine what it would be like if Beyonce actually checked her at replies on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Like, it would be insane. I mean, if, like, literally, if she left her notifications off, like, there'd be no phone battery. No, within an hour. It would explode. But people live in these little microcosms, especially if you get a little bit famous, some of Uh our friends who are. Mm. And it it almost, I think it probably is confusing. To where you can get tricked into thinking the whole world is talking about this thing that's happening. I tweeted something like that the other day. Or yes, a couple days ago. And when it's essentially a debate that's going on between 100,000 people, not the whole world. Yeah. It's like the Trevor Noah story was a big story. Some of the stuff that's happened to our friends was not really. These things didn't make it onto... But I mean, you could apply that same thing to the Trevor. How big of a story was that really? it It probably really wasn't. But to us, we noticed it yeah. more. We work in entertainment. We, we live know, in a yeah. stand-up comedian. It's like, I know Trevor Noah. Right. He does our show. Like he's, I'm like, oh, Trevor's a good dude. I was like excited for him. Yeah. It's like, so, so in my microcosm, Trevor Noah is a bigger planet than he, than, than, than he is in the actual universe. Yeah, that story was probably not that huge. No. To most people, the casual news viewers or readers, they were probably just, they maybe have saw a little thing and they just didn't even click on it. Or yeah. They, just, they were like, oh, I remember seeing that on the front page of whatever. And then I didn't even read the story. Who is that guy again? What does he do? You know? Exactly. Yeah, it probably wasn't that, yeah, that big of a thing. But yeah, depending on the world and the bubble you live in, like certain stories can be feel a lot bigger than they are yeah um but this outrage culture thing has gotten the, the actual thing itself not any specific story it's gotten so big that it's just like a part of the conversation now like what is offensive is this too offensive ultimately and i've said this before on this on the podcast is like what boggles my fucking mind I, I cannot understand it, is how people spend that much energy trying to take down a comedian who made an offensive joke about gay people when what they should be focusing their energies on is stopping 
a politician who's actively trying to like get laws passed to prevent gay people from being equal or women from doing whatever or black people from doing this. Those are the people you should be offended at. But I that should be the most offensive thing in the world to you as a minority group is a law fucking maker trying to legally prevent you from living your life as opposed to a comedian who made a joke that arguably to some people is in bad taste. Get over it and focus on the thing that's really the problem. But if I'm that person, my argument would be this. When comedians, if a comedian makes a joke, what you're doing, and, and if no one says anything to them or, yeah. they don't, or they get away with it, while it's small, it's A is a snowball effect and it just makes it more normal. When is it ever snowballed? When I'm saying compare the two things. When I'm saying people should be less focused on this comic being the most offensive thing. Well, in the I world. don't mean necessarily from a comedian, but just things in joke forms. It, you're saying like oh, it's just a joke, but the thing is, we used to call people fags when we right. were kids all the time. Right. And as it as we started being told it wasn't okay to do, we were like, well, it's just a thing we used to do. And to them, it's like, no, you don't understand. It's it's reductive. Right, right, right. Yeah. It just it just and and while and the person mm-hmm. who you're saying is is doing this, they they've decided to be offended at the comedian. They probably look at a law and they're like, well, I can't I can't fucking change a law. I don't know how to, I'm not a lobbyist, but what I can do is I can go on Twitter and say fuck you to this guy because I know he'll see it and I have this many followers or I can do it in this way. It to them I think it is the it's the only thing they think they can do. Whereas they're like what go after the comedian for doing that. Yeah, whereas they're they're like I can't get it. I can't go after a fucking senator. I don't know how, but I have my phone in my hand. Well, senators have Twitter accounts. Yeah, but I think in their heads it's not the same to them. Whereas comedians and entertainers are are way more accessible. I mean, in that they're active on those platforms. Yeah, that's what more. I'm saying. It, within that platform, you're like, I can actually get to this dude. I can. He'll see this if he looks at the things. Now, little do they know, when something's big, there's so many people saying the same exact thing, you don't see any of it, and all turns into the same shit. Right. But I think their stance is like, first of all, to you it's just a joke. But to us, if I'm the group, right, it's just the... It's the cheapening of us as a group. It's saying we're joke worthy. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm, look, I'm not saying that it's just a joke and no one should have their feelings. And I get that it, if a joke is made enough by enough people, it becomes a thing. Like the word faggot, which was yeah, said. It's like, or it's like, oh, you're the. It's like when we were kids and everyone made fun of Pollocks. Right, it's like, right, no, right. you're the you're the dumb ethnicity. It's like, do we yeah. what? Do we know this? It yeah. just was like assumed. Yeah, Polish people are dumb. Why? Well, there's all those jokes. But I feel like, I mean, blondes. If people, if I just feel like, if people focus more of their energies on, because if you get like, there's a reason why jokes like that are made because there you live in a culture where those people aren't respected or treated as equal. Yeah. Now you could imagine if people spent way more of their time fighting for gay rights or the rights of minorities or whatever right. and that say that happened 15 years ago like gay people were equal you can get married you have all the same rights everything's fine the culture would have shifted a lot sooner and words like faggot would have stopped being used way way sooner right but like you know stopping comedians from using that word or being offended at it is not going to make it's not going to have the same effect I don't think it has the same effect, but I think it has been a part of the change. Because sure, yeah. we've noticed I mean, in culture... Every little thing, It's yeah. just those jokes bomb. 
Yeah, and like, you know... I've noticed jokes that I have where I mention fat people... Right, right, right. Don't yeah. do as well. Yeah, the, look. Like, I, literally, I it's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, that word is not a, an effective punchline anymore. Nope. It's not. I've seen it over the years. I've been doing this long enough to see where it used to kill yeah. to say it. Or even, you know, quit being a... You know, it would be funny. Yeah. People... People would laugh. Sorry, I thought our fucking battery just died. <laughs> uh, but it is about to. Yeah. Um, let's stop and change it real fast. Okay. Um, I think that the... Welcome to Occasionally yeah, Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we changed our battery <laughs> and we're back. Um, that's funny. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, all those things do are part of the overall change where it's yeah. like, you know... Uh, it's a butterfly effect. Yeah, I think it, you can make that case. It not being a punchline anymore is going to make more people go like, well, I don't know if I should use that word. And then you kind of focus more on the issue where it's like, you know, does that affect this group? And is that fair that we're doing it? And then you start thinking about that group more. And you yeah. go like, God, things have not been fair or equal. I'm not going to use that word. I'm going to start, you know, thinking more about people's feelings. And I think there's an almost, a lot of times things, issues, especially for groups, and I, I, I can I can say this being a group that uh, is can be really insensitive white people we have a tendency to not understand the yeah. plight of groups that aren't white right is uh, a lot of times we have to have it like explained to us in different terms where when it's part of a huge thing we're like well I don't know what you mean but it, like Fahim Anwar has this great joke where he's talking about like wearing he says uh being a, being a minority in America is like wearing an away jersey all the time. Yes, yeah, that you can't take off. That you can't take off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good joke. And I was like, dude, that joke is so great because to a group of like white dudes all of a sudden it makes perfect sense. They're like, "Oh fuck. Do you remember when we went to that Raiders game?" <laughs> like right, right, like right. shit, dude, seriously? Is that yeah. what it's like all the time? That yeah. like it's it's like I'm sure when when segregation was made officially illegal, it's like, we, you can't segregate shits anymore. I bet you there were still some leftover signs they hadn't taken down yet. And they're like, you know, it'd be great if we took down the sign. Like, well, it's le- it's illegal. It's like, no, but take down the sign, too. Uh-huh. It's just, it is, I think those little things are, they're symbolic. Yeah, they do. It is part of the larger change, for sure. But the level that people go to, where it's like, yeah. for a joke versus you know it, it, like a politician trying to push for a law yeah like a not a joke yeah. a serious but if you look <laughs> at what happened to fuckface in uh indiana uh-huh that his he put yeah he had a, a free a religious rights bill uh-huh. that got put out with very anti LGBT right that shit got turned around but quick right because of the internet and yeah, yeah, outrage yeah. culture where it was like get out your fucking phone mm-hmm. and let's do this and so literally that I mean the same thing we complain about was I think you could make the case the instrument of that change happening quicker whereas he he made an amendment to the law quick yeah and he started parsing his words right away because he was like this is a tidal wave the people spoke that's where that's why i overall agree with what you said i disagree with what you said earlier where you're like it it cheapens the voice this the fact that there's so much so many people have one it cheapens it things like that make it a way more effective i think there's a difference to me to i think there's a difference in that though what you're saying is there's a difference between the voice and numbers those people were all speaking in the same voice do you know what I mean? Whereas a lot of the problems with outrage 
is it's not unified. So sometimes the outrage is I'm offended by this, and it's just like it becomes. But when it's that real, when the yeah. outrage is that real, it it is affected. The voices be do become unified. Yeah, like I feel like five, six, maybe let's say like six to ten years ago, if this Ferguson thing happened, it probably would have gotten buried a lot faster. It was it, it in was the happening news. and getting buried. Yeah, but it would have happened sooner then because there aren't all of these voices speaking up and, and going, "What fair, about this? What about the that?" The ability to take out your phone and straight up film it. Yeah, that's the difference. Is now news agencies can get what what is usable footage from regular people. Yeah. I mean, the Arab you saw that with the Arab Spring. It yeah, was I mean, just those are all fucking ex- different. Yeah, those are all examples of voices like coming together and becoming one. But I think speaking. what you're saying is your complaint is that people aren't very good at picking and choosing what is an actual. Yeah, issue because, to use their voice Yes, for. because they're being emotional about something, which is fine. It's great to be emotional and to feel things and to be happy and angry and sad and offended and all that. But like the fact that you have, just because you have a Twitter account or a Facebook page or an Instagram and you feel emotional doesn't mean you need to immediately post your right. first feeling about yeah, it. Yeah, totally. If you sat there and went like, all right, I feel this way. Where is this coming from? What does it mean? Am I really mad at a comedian for making a joke? Or am I upset at the way society lives? And where is it really coming from? And what are the real problems? I spent about a day deciding whether or not to make a to tweet about the Trevor Noah situation. Right. Maybe more. I think it took me two days. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to name like, him. No. Yeah. I, I tweeted 2015, the year comedy ate itself. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And even then, I felt kind of dirty tweeting it. <laughs> right. Because there's a part of me. You're like, now I'm a part of it. Well, that's, that's the thing is, to me, critics aren't artists and artists aren't critics. Right. And when they start doing both, I think it gets very weird. And you start to be, it's, I, I, I. I like when they're separate. I like I like my social critics as social critics all the time. I like my artists as artists all the time. Yeah. And when you start dipping your toe in both things, it gets it gets very sketchy to me. Because Unless your social criticism is going to be funny, you're saying right. If you're a comedian who is only a social critic, but 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 I that's what I, what I was saying earlier about uh, you know the Daily Show sometimes is when you start being like no no I know we I know you tuned in for laughs but this episode. Right. I'm going to be only this. It's like okay, but then you you're you're asking to be taken seriously in a certain way. Yeah. And then from then on it's like, well, now I expect you to hold yourself to that same standard. From now on, you don't get to be like I'm no, now I'm back to clown person. No, now I'm back to serious person. Let me let me put on my tie and take me seriously. Yeah. I I think that that is a little that to me is a little bit of an immature standpoint for people to take. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. With the way comedy has changed, there are there is more room for comedians to show their serious side, and that and that kind of is okay now because the way comics used to be. Remember, used everyone used to think like comics look a certain way and act a certain way. Yeah. Now you hear a lot less now. People go like, "You don't look like a comedian," or like, mm-hmm. "Why aren't you funny off stage?" Because there's so much more information now about comedy. You know that co- a lot of 
the whole like comics are dark and depressed or they're they can be very serious off stage or yeah. just not hilarious like they right. are on stage and you know so that conversation is kind of broadened like what is a comedian what are they about what do they do what do they talk about so now you see a lot more comics discuss serious issues as some like as someone who is a comedian i'm going to talk about this thing but in a serious way and there's a little bit of weight that can hold well like if you you know when chris rocks on bill maher chris rocks looked at as a serious voice right he is a serious he's looked at as a thinker I think of him that way. Yeah, because his his social criticism in comedy is like so good, yeah. and so well he's thought out. He's earned the right. Yeah, he's like George Carlin. Right, right, right. Yeah, Bill Murray also, yeah. and John Stewart too. They're thought of as more of a serious voice. John Stewart, after he leaves a Daily Show, he'll pop up as a guest on things every once in a while, right? And he'll be taken really seriously. Yeah, and if those guys wrote serious articles for the New York Times or yeah. the Atlantic or whatever about politics, it would make sense that they would be in there. I think. What I think. And it's new. This is still a bit of a new thing for comedians to be looked at this way. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to come with a, a new level of responsibility also. I mean, for, yeah. fuck around. Hannibal Burris straight up ruined Bill Cosby's life <laughs> right. on a Wednesday. Right, right, right. It was just like he dropped a off-the-cuff line during yeah. a set and then a literally Bill Cosby was probably in bed, woke up the next morning, and it was game over. Yeah, your I mean, legacy was gone. TV Land pulled your show yeah. a week later. And I think a lot of comics hear that word. Poor Theo. They hear that word responsibility and they go, fuck that. We're, yeah. we're, you know, we're supposed to be free and do whatever we want. And it's like, look, you still can. Yeah. You still can say. Well, comedians are inherently more. babies. That's my problem sometimes, is we are whiny babies sometimes because our jo- part of our job is being childish. That's the beauty of it. That's what's so great about it. So we're like, no, I don't want to. It's like, yeah, buddy, you got to. I remember Bill Maher complaining about the end where he's like, he was saying about comedians who complain they can't use it. He's like, it's just one word. Yeah, find another word. It's, if you're it's a writer, one word. Yeah. You fucking baby. Yeah, I've always, I mean, when, when the. When you couldn't say the word faggot anymore, and that was like considered like you know a slur, I was like, all right, well, okay, yeah. Then it's just I don't, I never really wrote that down as a punchline for anything ever. It was real hard on my comedy. Right, <laughs> it's like a real cornerstone of your page act. one rewrite, if you know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I looked at that and I was like, I was like, yeah, great. We'll just find other words. Like yeah. it's that it's always been like that. Like. It's just now these things happen way more suddenly in like, a bigger burst. But think about what like you know uh, vaudeville and stuff was like, where oh people were God. in blackface and yeah, the jokes they kind of in. Yeah. Do you want if if things are supposed to be free and there's supposed to be no limits, then we'd still be doing that kind of comedy. Yeah. You know, Lenny Bruce like changed a lot of things and with what you could and couldn't say on stage, and that he got a, I mean, literally went to jail. I mean, my favorite person on Twitter is Jamar Neighbors, and yeah. he says some shit. Yeah, the craziest stuff. That yeah. thing, If Trevor Noah said that shit, he literally would have, he wouldn't have The Daily Show. Yeah, they would have immediately. Now, do I that. think Jamar is a homophobe? I do not. Yeah. But, man, he says some shit that I yeah. can't say. I can't even retweet him. When I'll laugh so hard at one of his jokes, and I'm like, I wish to God I could retweet this. Yeah. But I, as a, have, as a having a white face connected to my Twitter, I can't do it. Right. But holy fuck, is he funny. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I like that he pushes the line a little. Not He's not pushing it. It's, it's interesting. There's something now to, like, pushing the line back is pushing it forward. Right. It's like, oh, oh, that's the new word you don't want me to say? I'm going to say it loud. And you're like, whoo, fuck. 
I mean, there's something to it. It's yeah. Fat. I mean, there'll be like there'll be there'll be a pushback where they'll go like, "Look, it can be done and it can be funny and fucking deal with but it." But the word the, the the worry I have is a lot of times the pushback comes from people that are stupid, that are that are they don't want to push it back for the right reasons. They're not pushing it back for the sake of art. They're like, "Nah, man, these fucking yeah." There's these, I'm tired of these stupid gays telling me that's. I mean, that's what that free speech law was. That free speech thing in Indiana was like, oh, yeah, you want freedom? Well, guess what? I want my religious freedom. Right. I get to turn you down. It's that, you know, it's, it, it's the definition of free, free speech, pop, it, it, it protects unpopular speech, essentially. Yeah. And so that's what their thing was like, oh, yeah, watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let my yeah. Christian <clears throat> rights do the work for me. Yeah, then, but, and, and then that's when, you know, the voices rise up and they yeah. go like, no. And people can either like, you know, pressure someone into changing it or you wait until it's voted out, you know, but either way, it, and that's, that's the way it is. I just don't like that. You, you can see, sadly, I can see a little bit of a future where the country, our country states will be like pockets of the internet or like pockets of culture where it's like, no, that's the state where there's less rights. And they have because if you can vote that in in a majority in certain places well, in our country, you could have a vote outlawing gay people, and it would it would pass. Wait, hold on, but that's the way America's always been. Yeah, and I but I I don't I worry that part of outrage culture forces people to double down on some of their unpopular beliefs, some of the more ignorant people, and I I worry that I don't like the idea that like there will be states. I, I would like it to get like what I would consider better. Now that's my personal, my version of better is personal. Yeah. But like, I don't want Indiana to be just the homophobe state. I don't like that Florida's so fucked up. I don't think that would happen, though. I don't think that America's moving in that direction. I think it's moving in the opposite direction. Well, you see, poli- unfortunately, you see politicians putting forth some types of legislation that are super gnarly in that way that do yeah. push for less rights for certain people that are trying to outlaw certain behaviors. Yeah, as a reaction to... Yeah. And yeah. I worry that in some of those places, you have enough like-minded people that will literally vote those things into law. But it, it the exact... Uh, like, the biggest issue now is, is gay marriage. And the exact opposite thing is happening right Only now. Only in one place. But if you look at what's happening to abortion rights, as opposed that what they did was, instead of voting in laws that outlaw abortion... You know, they came up with in in South. I want to say it's South Carolina. Right. They came up with building codes that made it so difficult to, to have a clinic. A clinic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just do it that way. Right. And that those are people. The people that are voting those things in and coming up with that legislation, they're doubling down on their own beliefs because they believe their beliefs are being threatened. Right. And that's another unfortunate byproduct of outrage cultures. They turn on the TV. And but they, it's literally happening less and less every year. The abortion thing is not the laws they're passing, and like the fact that they. I don't have know to, that that's true. I mean, they just passed. But look some, at the look at the way they're doing it. The fact that they now have to enforce building codes means their window of acceptance for t- having those beliefs is getting so small that you have to do it that way. But they're also those are the things. Those things are also very hard to unravel. I mean that's the things where you got to get new judges. You got to get new judges. You got to get new laws. You and you got to vote. You got to vote out certain kinds of politicians in districts that aren't interested in voting that way. Right. You can't just change. People can't change laws with their cell phone. 
It takes actual legislation. And the problem is you got to vote in people to get that done. And you're talking about areas that don't give a fuck about voting that in. Well, I mean, you just said, though, that the people can change laws with their cell phones because their voices rise up and then they create a conversation that then leads to yeah. the next election cycle. People are like, oh, we now see the light. We now see the error of our ways. I mean, it's literally happened with gay marriage. There are now 30-something states where it's legal. Yeah. And it used to be three years ago, it was like 12 or something. It was like nothing. But now states that you're surprised would even do it are like, and a few years before that, those same states were like, we're pushing a bill through Congress to get, uh, through state legislature, sorry, to get this, to a man and a woman marriage. That's it. No exceptions. But yeah. now you, can't, you just can't do it. Yeah. It's like becoming harder and harder. And that's the great side of people having their thoughts and beliefs like out there on the internet and then the numbers show that like you know what we were wrong to think this in the first place yeah but you know to to take it out on on fucking you know entertainment to on something that was never meant to be serious anyway versus the people that are dead fucking serious about it is the part that will always always baffle me yeah always but i think Part of that is we're comedians. And when you say it wasn't meant to be serious, there is that part of every comedian that wants to be taken seriously. Yeah, when every joke comes from some truth, apparently, or whatever. But right. that's not true, because literally right now you could sit there and go, well, fine, let's write a joke about the worst imaginable thing ever just for it to be a joke. And then yeah. what seriousness was in that? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I don't mess. know. It's it's just an interesting like place we're living in in the middle of outrage culture and in the middle of a comedy boom where like to have those two things existing at the same time is almost hilarious in and of itself because everyone's going to be outraged and how much comedy is based on like get ready for this crazy thing I'm about to say. Yeah. You know, I think you're, what you're seeing is like growing pains. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have to worry about it because I'm about to move to Kentucky and paint horses. <laughs> Everyone can suck this D. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. And I'm part of a minority group, so I can shit on everyone freely, apparently. I remember recently... There was According a, to afraid white people like, who are afraid to tell anyone otherwise. It was like a year ago, and a guy I sort of know, he was on Facebook, Yeah. and he he is not white. Yeah. He is Arab, I believe. Yeah. And he... I mean, who knows what the fuck it looks like. Yeah. He I'm offended. Was, he was making fun of... White comedians making fun of white people. Right. He was like, "Yeah, what's up with all these like white comics?" Like he's basically saying, "Like you're stealing our cottage industry. You're stealing ethnic co- funny people's cottage industry of making fun of white people." And actually, and it was one of those instances where everyone who commented was like, "Uh, dude, actually, that's kind of the thing about being a group. You get to make fun of your own group." Right. It's like if. If I told a joke about Jewish people, I'd get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But you'll watch Jewish comedians. That's their bread and butter. Yeah, make fun of your own. Yeah, and and it was yeah. interesting to see people actually turn on him and be like, hey, dude, actually, that's the opposite of how it works. That's all the... And, and they were like, that's all these guys have left. Yeah. <laughs> Let them have it. I, th- I, 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 don't, I don't like that kind of comedy. That's the closest to offended I get when what? I watch comedians shitting on their own ethnic group yeah it's a little boring and the guys that like no it transcends race and it makes yeah. everyone realize it's like really you saying hey mexican people like this or arab people do this and then white people go yeah they do do that it's yeah. like no you're just you're 
validating oh, racism. Just so you know, and I don't even know if this is offensive to say, white people, holy shit, we love when the ethnics turn on each other. Right. Because we're like, oh, we're not the only assholes in the world? Oh, look, someone else is a dick? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Welcome. Welcome to the world of being an asshole. Yeah. Because it, for most of my life, it's we're the culprits of everything. Because we are, essentially. <laughs> right. Or we're super rad at it. But when when two groups turn on each other, we're like, see? Everyone's a dick. And anyone who gets power, the pro- that's the problem with power. Is lots of groups that didn't have power now are getting it, and they're seeing the what happens. Right. I mean, I saw that I I've seen this in L.A. growing up all the time. Where I've noticed it most, where now Latinos are being called on their racism towards other groups. Uh huh. They're being called called on their racism towards the black community a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cause everyone's fucking racist. It's like for a long time, it's just like white people are racist. It's like no minorities are racist too. Just again, call it racist. It's a, it's it's more just like a level of intolerance towards a la- race a lack of knowledge <laughs> about another group's plight right you understand your you understand what it is to be a part of your group more so you inherently understand what it is to be a part of another group less so you have a tendency to make assumptions c- with because you have a lack of facts. yeah your assumptions based on ignorance which then turn to like and based on fear sometimes it's just based knowing. on it, sometimes it's not even fear it's just oh i didn't know that Oh, really? You guys don't like that guy? Oh, I had no idea. You just have no idea because you, A, don't have enough exposure to them. And it's like, yeah, people, I'm sorry, people... it's, not, it's not the job of humanity to constantly be investigating every minute detail of every other culture to make sure you're not being insensitive. You can learn some of this shit on the fly. And you can, you're allowed to well, say... Well, there comes responsibility again, though. It's not your job to constantly be learning, like, holy yeah. shit, I gotta always know. But you... There needs to be some sort of like responsibility you take as a member of the human race to not be not to jump to conclusions. Yeah. And when I fuck up, which I do, yeah, it's my job. When someone goes, just so you know, that's sort of offensive to go, oh shit, really? And then be like, oh why? Yeah. Or find out, and then be like, oh man, sorry, I didn't know. But I think a lot of those assumptions based on ignorance is uh, it does stem from some fear of the unknown. You're yeah. just like, I don't know what that's all about. So you immediately need to put it in a box to understand it. Yeah. There's a f- element of fear in there. I've seen it happen to me mm-hmm. where people go like, oh, I don't know what is going on with you. So they just go like, what, what are you? Yeah. I'm Lebanese. Oh, I thought you were this. I'm like, no, that's actually from here. And then a little bit of them goes, oh, I've been outed as an ignorant person or whatever and they're afraid of that they to go like well it's all the same thing and then they make that joke you have to unravel the things you were told <laughs> a lot that's a lot of what right. being an adult is yeah the things you were told were told to you by people who one day grew moved somewhere grew up in a neighborhood where there were people they didn't understand yeah and because of some element of like ignorance and fear they created a fucking understanding of their own they're like well they must do this because they're like that or they they're from here last night i'm walking from the promenade from coffee bean through the little hallway Uh to the door of the west side and the uh, a really cute white girl is walking down that little food court hallway and then like six black teenagers yeah were trailing behind her and one in front goes He's basically like, yo, let's get this white girl. Like, he says it out loud. He says, yo, let's get this white girl. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> my first reaction was like, 
oh fuck but then i looked i was like they're teenagers yeah <laughs> they're and they were all on the same basketball team i'm like they're just joking yeah. nothing i didn't turn around i didn't think hey should i keep an eye on this i was like that's some shit that's the exact same thing as a white lacrosse team going like saying the same thing like Look at blonde. Look at the blonde. Yeah. The fact that he said, "Look at this white girl," doesn't make it like any more. It doesn't make it like a, a a revenge racism. Like let's let's try to yeah. like double team this white or yeah. They were making a joke. Yeah. They just they. But and, he, he, yeah. My did, whole life, it was like save the white woman. <laughs> like right. that's yeah. That's de- what you depending know? on your level of ignorance as a person, you will take that exact scenario. And see it so many different ways. Yeah. Either you would just laugh or you would go like, what does that mean? What are they doing? Or you'd go like, oh, I have to call the police. Like there's yeah. so many different. And like, I would imagine at like, diff- like I'm 38. I imagine if there was a 50 year old white guy standing yeah, there, different he reaction. may have reacted way differently Yeah. versus another teenager. You know, like it's all. Yeah. It's so interesting how much of it you didn't have that much control over. It, I think of that like just where I grew up. What I was exposed to. We grew to. up in the same place. Yeah, but like I didn't have the same the experience as you because of what I look like. Right. But I had a, a slightly different experience than my other white friends because my brother's not white. Oh, yeah. So like my thing was a little different versus someone. It's it's all so interesting. Right. It's like it's like your own... Ver- like I always feel bad for people that are homeschooled. It's like who knows what you're fucking hearing. Oh, I know. Yeah, you, I mean a lot of being an adult too. And that's again where responsibility comes in is like looking at the world around you and understanding that it's so big and there's so much out there and undoing a lot of the mistakes that were taught to you because yeah. just because your parents are your parents doesn't mean that they taught you all this like correct information. They just fucking were figuring shit out on their own too. And yeah. the further you go back in history, the more ignorance there was because the less information there was about other cultures and people and lifestyles and genders and sexual orientations and all that shit. So there's a lot I've had to undo stuff that I was taught just because I'm a minority. There's things I understand that white people wouldn't because of like my ethnic background. But there's other things that like how to make bombs. Right. Right. There's other things that I wouldn't understand because, you know, my parents are from another country. They were raised different ways and they believe different things. To hate America. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That actually not like Palestinians. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's like not that that was a thing I had to undo, but you know, there's they have their own prejudices. Just because you're a minority doesn't mean like, well, you know, you get it. Yeah, minorities actively dislike other minorities. Oh my god, it's all over the place. Oh my god, yeah. But I definitely have a degree of sensitivity about that kind of shit happening. Yeah, but I don't over. I don't. I'm just personally, I had a lot of like rough childhood stuff happen to where it gave me a thick skin and I've heard the worst things you could call an Arab person either from to another Arab or to me or on TV or during someone's stand up or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm like, all right, well you're just not smart. I I guess in a weird way now when I hear that stuff, uh, I just I, I I I've been alive long enough, I guess. So I go, those people tend to take care of themselves. <laughs> you kind of like it's easy to say, like, oh, you don't have to worry about those people, but they're not. They're not just making the wrong call in while they're making a joke. Mm-hmm. 
They're making bad decisions a lot of the time. So you don't have to worry. Uh, not many of them. Some of them come to power. But yeah. a lot of them, you're like, I don't have to worry about you. You're, you're like a crank yelling on a street corner. Right. Now, that's easy for me to say because no one yells at me. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah, that's that is. I'm not. Easy a, to say. I'm not an attractive woman. But walking sometimes the those are the people that end up tying people to the back of a pickup truck and dragging them to death. Yeah. So it's like it's not like they're harmless. You know, they're just they're not going to like, you know, rise to power and stop an entire state from being able to drink at a certain water fountain. Yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, I mean, those people, are, those fringe groups, are not like a huge problem like they used to be, or they're not taken as seriously, but. They get, they can be, they can get a lot of. I mean, the Westboro Baptist Church has not a lot of members, but holy shit, do they get a lot of coverage? Yeah, they're lot because yeah, it's it's emotional. And they'll fucking air the shit out of it. People yelling and screaming, holding signs that have like the worst things imaginable yeah. about minority groups. It's like, of course, that's getting on the fucking news. Yeah, and there's a degree of responsibility that the fucking media doesn't take either. It's, I mean, you, it's it's almost like kind of cliche, like you can blame the media, but you kind of you really can't. They do it like I, I was in a fucking commissary last week because I had a little extra time and I wanted a salad and yeah. they had you know that Maury show was on right it's still on yeah and I was like wow. and I you know he was doing the you're not the father thing right which that show is showing a group of people in a terrible light and <laughs> right. they are mostly of one ethnic group yeah, mostly black and I I found myself watching that going hey Maury <laughs> how much money do you fucking need man. Yeah, and like, how do you sleep at night? Because he's a smart guy. He's got a ve- and he's got a very smart wife. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't realize that he is doing that particular ethnic group a disservice by putting hundreds of those episodes out on a daily basis, right. he's fucking stupid. Yeah, and by the way, he knows it. Yeah, I feel like the blame is in 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 the same way. Little bits make the difference. Little bits make the problem yeah so i think the blame should be that there's the media there are overly sensitive people there are comedians that just don't know what they're doing right and the fact that they can put that on the internet and then an overly sensitive and don't have a sense it. of their own ripple effect jeff dunham has a bunch of racist shit and he has tons and tons of fans right and he should know better yeah but he hasn't gotten in trouble for anything yet has he he got in trouble he gets in trouble for the one puppet uh, the, the terrorist puppet right yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. It's just funny that that's even a thing. He's but I. Wa- I mean, I watched now. Maury and I was like, come. I mean, I found myself being like, come on, man. Yeah. Like you got a hundred million dollars. I know. What's What's the point? What at this point? What's the? Why are you still doing? You telling me he finds it enjoyable? Yeah, or he's helping people. Yeah. Do you yeah, think he no. feels good? Like that ah, was a good one. I really helped her. No, you didn't. Like what? Yeah, not ex- at all. Ex- explain the point of this to me. At this point, as opposed to just making these people look yeah. ignorant and loud. Right. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, shows like that will... And that, to me, is just greed. Is you, the problem is you can make a lot of money off doing the wrong thing. Yeah. That so fucking she... racist-ass cake place... Or no, the pizza place in Indiana? Mm-hmm. They put up a GoFundMe, and they got 800 grand in a weekend. Wow. To, like, help their... Because they were like, our business is under attack by gay activists and we're just a christian business who can't make a living anymore so help us out they got 800 grand in a weekend that's so insane that's what i'm saying is there's the pro you can there are people who are ignorant and who now don't want to change and they're like fuck that you're you're fucking up my way of life 
and I'm going and I'm now I'm willing to give money to the people who who are like minded. Right. It's greed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. But I don't know. I hope like by the end of this year the that the whole this whole outrage culture thing, the term is just not even used anymore, you know, where people just finally kind of calm down about what is so offensive that careers need to be ended. Yeah. And just be like, that's not funny. And it just like doesn't get the coverage. Doesn't get, you don't get. It's weird. You're kind of hoping that people get discouraged. Like Lena Dunham got in trouble. Not discouraged, but just like. You just look at something and go, like, that's not worth fucking ruining someone's life over. But, like, the or Indiana just, thing, that the, is worth... Or the sense that I won't be able to ruin their life. I mean, like, okay, uh, Lena Dunham got in trouble for an article she posted about her Jewish boyfriend. Uh-huh. It was called, is, are the, it was basically, are these facts about my Jewish boyfriend or my dog? And so somebody got pissed and wrote an article, Lena Dunham compares Jewish people to dogs. Right. Now, this will not in any way affect... Uh, girls coming out next season mm-hmm. it will not affect any of her film career it will not affect anything in her yeah. life really except for a couple maybe she'll write some fucking fake paper thin apology whatever right but you wonder if the person who wrote that or others who may have thought to write that will see that it doesn't affect when trevor noah premieres on the daily show and goes on to do it for a few years yeah. the people who thought who wrote things and who thought to write things are gonna be like yeah that shit ain't gonna work they're going to see kind of how futile it is to get offended about things that are. Yeah, they'll they'll just it won't get the clicks. Yeah, it's clickbait. Yeah, it won't get the clicks that it used to because people are like, oh, people aren't jumping on these uh, no. stories anymore and getting so offended that they're gonna try and take Daniel Tosh's TV show. Do off I want to spend air. three hours writing something that will be noticed for an hour? Right. It just and it won't. And that, and it's not like that's going to hurt equal rights. Yeah. Like that, people are going to be like, "Oh, I don't care that a comedian made a fucking retarded joke." Oh, look, I just said the R word. I should apologize. <laughs> Issue apology. Um, yeah, that they made some joke, you know, about some type of person. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I wonder. You know, who's part of the problem? Us for doing this episode. Yeah, because we're we're a part of the conversation, but yeah. we're not even. Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, we are, but like, we just. I don't think we either of us took any specific side. We're just like trying to understand. Yeah. How long did we go before the battery died? Like an hour. Okay. So. We're um. Good. Yeah. Uh. We're yeah. We're just trying to f- understand and trying to like figure out like is this going to go away? Has it done good? Has it done bad? And who the fuck knows? You know. Both. You'll know in a few years. You'll look back and go, "Wow, that whole outrage culture thing really changed the way we view comedy or politics or you know whatever." You'll look back on it, and there'll some change will, yeah, have come from this. But like, the things, the actual things that are happening now, and the way people are reacting are like, you'll look back at that and go, like, that was stupid. I think what will be learned is white people not so bad. <laughs> yeah, some of them. Yeah, not some really. of you There's pieces no of way. shit. No. <laughs> we are the best. <laughs> white people rule. <laughs> um, <laughs> white rage. White rage. White rage. Um, that's funny. All right. Um, yeah, I think we can all agree though that Donald Trump's a piece of shit. Yeah, I don't think anybody would argue against that. Hate that. I hate him. Yeah. And um, well, you'll hear in the next episode. Also, Icelandic people. Fuck what? them. 
Really? <laughs> no. I'm just trying to figure Did out. They a, slaughter the fuck out of whales. I was trying to figure out a group that hasn't been gone after the Swiss. You know? Yeah, no one. Yeah, they're pretty good about being neutral. So, Except yeah. the fact that they only mate with each other to keep it Aryan. Yeah, I love their that. Their birth rate's going down because hot, they're so obsessed with keeping it white, you white weird, people. gross asses. Spread love it out. It. But Spread yeah, it whoever out. goes after Icelandic people or like people from Greenland, you know? Yeah. Like, those will be the only ones left. Where the comics will be sitting there trying to write jokes about someone. They'll go, fuck, there's just no one left. Uh, let me guess. I guess I'll just shit on the Corsicans. Yeah. I'll just fucking Wikipedia Greenland and see what weird shit they do and make fun of them until someone goes, hey, fuck this guy. And yeah. then they write this a vlog about boring. it. boring. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fuck you, Greenland. Yeah. Get online and uh, get <laughs> mad at us for this episode. Yeah. If you're from Greenland, let us know. Definitely you tell are. us who we offended. Uh, please, please, if you're a micro group, please, please yeah. fucking tweet at me and tell me the way in which I'm wrong, and I will read it on the toilet. Right. As you flush your phone down with it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, you guys. We love you. <laughs>